Jodie Shield. I'm a success and leadership coach, self-improvement author, and wellness entrepreneur. And this is my podcast series, She's Electric. This is a special Christmas series featuring two new incredible interviews with brilliantly talented women. I've saved the best to last. In this episode, I'm chatting to a very, very good friend of mine, Poppy Jamie. Poppy is an incredible entrepreneur, TV presenter, one of Forbes 30 Under 30, and founder of two super successful businesses, a mental well-being app called Happy Not Perfect and accessories line Pop and Suki. Poppy moved to the USA in 2013 and hosted the first talk show on Snapchat, Pillow Talk with Poppy. The following year, she set up her two enterprises with a dedicated focus on creating accessible tools to help the stress and anxiety levels of young people. So I hope you enjoy the next half an hour or so. And if you do, then subscribe, rate and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app. And also remember, check out the show notes and learn more about me on my website, jodyshield.co.uk. So have a listen, get inspired and be electric. It's amazing to be here and um, to kind of think back to what got us here in the first place. And I mean, we're in London at the moment. You're flitting between London, New York. Where else are you flying to at the moment? I spend a little bit of time in LA and I was in China a few months ago. I basically feel I'm living on an aeroplane, which sounds really glamorous, but in reality, it's really not. But what I think is interesting about how we met is through collaboration. And I think that's been maybe the best thing ever that's happened in my life when I've transitioned out of kind of where I was before TV presenting and into building Happy Not Perfect because it's allowed me to collaborate with so many more different people in so many different, so many more fields. And it's enriched my life so much. So to be sitting here now, um, is is such a kind of a lovely remembrance of kind of of a different route in my life. Mm. So listen, you've shared so many different stories with me, and um, you can share whatever you want to share on the on the podcast today. In terms of like what's been going on in your past history and presenting, and like you shared amazing, amazing, amazing stories with me and moving to LA and stuff. Can you share a little bit about? What whatever feels right for you to share in this moment in terms of um, where you've kind of come from and how you got to where you are today running this award-winning um, happiness mindfulness app that's globally recognized? I think that, I think about this a lot actually because it always seems to change mm-hmm. and I have always... I suppose, even if you met me kind of at 9 or 10, 11, this, um, this desire to communicate has always been the centre of everything I've wanted to do. And the world is changing so quickly. And I think that is actually quite challenging for us to have to even process. Because some would say that we are very, you know, we are kind of cavemen living in this 2019 constantly bleeping, um, uploading, con- um, available to everyone at all times of the day. And us having to manage that is a real process. And so actually to build this strength 
to not just th survive, which we were built for, human be beings were built to survive, um, but now it's like, how do we thrive? How do we thrive in this world? And I think television had this kind of change. So when I first got into television, you know, it was this idea that you would hope you'd get a, a gig presenting on television, and then it kind of moved to digital, and this was in my early 20s, and um, and then through that, really, it, it's kind of moving into a into a more intimate form of communication, which I do really believe is podcasts, because you you're listening through your ears. It, you, you're not, you can, um, and I think it is. I mean, I'm obsessed with podcasts, but I think going back to kind of my career, it was really observing how the world was changing and actually my desire to communicate how I could fit in to the changing world. So when I moved from the UK to LA, I launched the first TV show on Snapchat and that was strange because did anybody want to watch a show on an app? I thought everyone used to just want to sit at home, watch it on their couch. Um, and then when I was doing the show on Snapchat, I realized actually, what do you want to communicate? It's not just about communicating, but what do you want to communicate? And I think that was my deepest truth, which at the time was, I'm really mentally struggling with my own stress and anxiety and having to manage the world that we're in. And um, and I was pretty on my own, obviously away from away from family, and you're you know eight hours away. Um, or 12 hours away or 10 hours away, however long that flight is. Um, and I, and that feeling quite abandoned made me realize that actually I wasn't alone in feeling abandoned. Most people can understand what it feels like to suffer mentally, I suppose, like stress or anxiety or loneliness and how, what I could do about it because I wanted to help myself, but I also wanted to help everybody else that, you know, wasn't, maybe didn't have the resources that I did around me to help. And it's interesting in LA, because I was there last year, and um, I can sense that it's an amazing place, and when you're kind of in the bubble, it can be amazing, but also it can be quite isolating at the same time. It's such a strange place, because it's the home of entertainment and storytelling. And I feel it is has this reputation of being super glossy. And there's a t at times I'll be in LA and I'll be my eight-year-old kind of inner child self being like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> you know, I grew up in the countryside. Um, uh, it, it, it is, it, did, it does not make any sense I'm living in America. Like if you had met me when I was 10, None of my life makes sense. My parents didn't know anyone in television. They were, I remember when I was 16, I was like, I'm gonna to go to America. And my mum goes, and my dad goes, yeah, you're gonna to go to America. And my mum said, stop putting ideas in her head. That's never gonna happen. And I, it's so, it's so, it's so funny. Um, and then suddenly I've what, spent now kind of like three or four years there. But because it's so, everything is so far away, there is, I think, at the center of it, a real sense of loneliness because it's very rare that you're in the situation where you can just pop to your local coffee shop and the barista says, oh, you want a latte? And you go, yep, that's for me. You have no none of those many human interactions. 
and um, and that's why I think I appreciate so much coming back to London. I sit on the tube now and I just love it <laughs> because you're with people. And I spent so many years just, you know, kind of you're in, everyone is in their own little bubble, their own little car, driving around. And I think kind of too much time by yourself is, um, what is it, idle, idle time is the devil's workshop. You know, your brain can just like start creating stories. So I think being around people is essential for our well-being. That's awesome. Thank you. And um, I mean, you and I have talked extensively about the app and the journey that you've been on whilst building the app and the journey that so many of us go on in terms of the creative process that can be, well, all over the place. So can you share a little bit about, because it's been a long process for you, the app. Yes. If you, if you feel to share a little bit about the, that journey and some of the maybe a couple of low points that really stuck out in your mind and, and, and then your story around that, that would be amazing, of course. So the, it has been four years in the works and it has been, not, it, it's been a very healing journey for me because it's been so challenging. And that has, again, been an interesting concept for me to understand because when I've come up against resistance, I, I was getting confused. Does this, is it, am I just not supposed to do this? Is that the sign I'm being told? It just seems extremely hard work for not much kind of in return because you know I've, I went through months with working 16 hour days. I, if you speak to most of my friends they'll say I don't remember the last weekend that Poppy wasn't working and I do come from a, a family of really hard workers you know my, my we hardly saw my dad growing up it was always he, he was working so this idea of kind of a, a hard day's work has I've probably been slightly ingrained in us which I'm beginning to realise doesn't always have to be the case. And I think, Jody, you really are an amazing communicator in trying to reshape how we view work. We don't need to be in pain to succeed or move forward. So that has been a big learning of this big process of building, ironically, an app to make you feel happier, calmer, help you sleep better. But actually in creating it, it has really forced me to learn what the app is teaching. Absolutely. Uh, so it, I've learned so much. Um, pick who you go into business very carefully. Um, I am someone that falls in love in the first five minutes. And that has been a big lesson to realise that allow people to show their true colours before getting married to them. Because going into a business with someone, you are getting married to them. Like there is no, it, it, that is a business relationship, just like you, it's a romantic relationship or whatever. And you have, especially when you have contracts, it's legally binding. So that has been a big, um, that's been a big lesson. Um, but thank God I've built a tool that has been able to help me through. And actually I can have a very kind of authentic relationship with my own app because I will wake up and say, oh, I'm feeling really stressed today. And I'll be able to go through this journey that we've created on the app, which allows you to process thoughts, allows you to reflect on gratitude because your brain can't feel anxiety and gratitude at the same time. It's using the same part of the brain. So being able to understand this kind of like neurobiology and positive psychology and actually having the tools in place right next to me whenever I need it has been really helpful in actually building the thing itself. 
so interesting what you say about that um we we can't we can't feel anxiety and gratitude at the exact same time and so that is why the power of gratitude works so well when you're struggling with anxiety right totally and you know we you look at anxiety rates right now four out of five suffer from um anxiety and stress so it's basically most of us and um and it's 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 uh, it's unsurprising because when i ask a lot of people when i ask most people i do talks to how many of you go on social media in the first 20 minutes of your day i would say 90 percent of the room put their hands up so how do we expect to be living these calmer happier fulfilled kind of gratitude filled lives when we are have built these habits to observe other people's life Comparison is a thief of all joy, and we are we've built habits maybe over ten years now because Instagram has been around maybe for ten years or so, or so um, to compare other people's outsides to our insides, and and then we start even comparing our own feed to our reality, and if if your feed is anything like mine, it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> so it is we're living in a culture that almost we have to fight against and say I am not subscribing to these cultural behaviors because I want to actually focus on a gratitude practice and actually in, in and in result be able to reduce my anxiety pretty significantly by nurturing our our own self-care compassion and esteem and there are so many remedies tonics whatever you want to call them lessons teachings modules on the happy not perfect app that help you recover from anxiety and, and, and keep it at bay. I, I want to say something very controversial about anxiety. <laughs> it's, I am controversial, as you guys know. Um, and I say this kind of thing on panels a lot because usually I'm on a panel or I'm doing a talk and the audience, you know, half of the people, as you say, four out of five, so maybe more than half, the people are struggling with anxiety, some kind of anxiety disorder, whatever it is. But there's this interesting line where you can get... Um, very hooked on the label. Yes. I am a chronic anxiety sufferer. And oh then it's gosh. hard to shape that label because totally. you're owning that as your thing. Totally. And you know what? And you know this as well as I do, Poppy. It's when we get hooked on something, it's because it benefits us by embodying that disorder or condition. Yes. Somehow it gives us more love, it gives us more attention, whatever it is. It gives us a um, million followers on Instagram. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, four out of five of you listening, like, Poppy says the stat's true, have anxiety of some, like, level at the moment. And I, I'm, so I'm not saying that we're not recognising that you are an anxiety sufferer. I'm saying be a little aware of what your intention is when you're out in the world saying, I am a chronic anxiety sufferer, I am this, because you're owning that and therefore you're, you're kind of saying that it's, it's, it's hard for you to shift that label and, 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 and get support and re really receive treatment in the, in the right way. And also the science shows you can change your brain. And that, I think, was the biggest, the biggest revelation, the most empowering thing I got taught. And really was the reason to create Happy Not Perfect. Because learning through a neuroscientist I teamed up with at UCLA, that neuroplasticity, which is a fancy way of saying your brain works like plastic, it operates like plastic, and it's totally moldable like any other muscle in your body. If you can get stronger muscles, you can get, you can change your brain. If you want to become more flexible, the obvious thing would be to stretch. And so 
this again with the with the label thing, it is total and I don't know if I can swear on here, but it's total bullshit. Absolutely swear. It is it and it's one of those things that it's just fucking hard work to change your brain. So that is kind of and and also it's not a kind of oh I've changed it now and that's it forever. I know these tools. I've studied the science now for over four years. I've connected with incredible neuroscientists and brain hackers, and yet I have to wake up every single day and really work hard at doing my practices because otherwise there's no point knowing if you don't do. And so that's been a big lesson to me because I can go around, I can go to a talk and I can teach people about breathing. But someone said, well, have you breathed today? And it was a bit of a cold shower. Mm. And I thought, actually, I've gone around, told everyone to breathe today, but actually I have not sat down and done my own. Um, and so that's what I'm... I'm so passionate about this idea of neuro well the, the the fact of neuroplasticity because it's like it when I first heard about it it was just as if it a weight is just taken off my shoulder um off my shoulders and I was and I was told you know you're not stuck with the brain you're born with and I'm like wow we can all shape our brain however we want to it's a really interesting way of looking at at it and I I really see the transition Every time I see you, every time I get the pleasure of just connecting with you in London when you're here for a little bit of time, and I, I, I am seeing this evolution and these realizations that are happening, that you're like, cool, so I understand this is how I'm doing it, and it might not be the right way of doing it, and this, is, this other way is slowly opening up that I'm exploring. And I love that honesty, and like I love to be able to track your journey in that way as well <laughs> like, she's changing <laughs> hard realizations though. yeah yeah what what I really really admire about you is your ability to you know create amazing experiences and spaces for example the launch of happy not perfect was in this like massive gymnasium in Camden that's I don't know what else it's used for but we had the London Symphony Orchestra there like your ability to just create these amazing experiences bring it all together and kind of like yeah create these amazing experiences and these amazing connections with people and bring people together like Tell me, like, where did that start? And, you know, yeah, it's just such an amazing quality to have. Well, I would actually say I'm a very nervous host because if we were having a drinks party right now, I'm that really annoying host. Are you having a good time? Are you having a good time? Do you want a drink? Do you want... No, just chill the fuck out, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> just have fun. But the for I'm obsessed with the power of music and live music and how it affects your body and mind. So it is proven that you feel much better after going to any sort of music concert because you are releasing, it's your moving around, singing actually helps you to breathe better, so you're stimulating your vagus nerve and you move into your rest and relax system. So all music events are absolutely incredible. Um, and I was fascinated by this idea that orchestras and classical music is so beautiful but when do any of us go and say hey it's a Saturday I'm gonna go and book myself to watch an orchestra if you do that amazing I want to be your friend <laughs> and please take me with you but it's one of those things that it just it just and anyway my and my kind of like you know schedule doesn't often come up but I thought, wow, imagine if you can listen to classical music and an orchestra in a different way. If you were lying down, you have an eye mask, uh, so you're, you're blocking off that kind of the, 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 that visual sense. 
and you're just able to immerse yourself in a sound bath. So sound baths I got very into when I was in um, LA through uh, an amazing woman called Ambi, um, Sitham. And if you ever go to LA, uh, she's she's got a thing called Soul Astrology. So look her up and she does these incredible sound baths. But, it, but as we human beings, we're just atoms, or we are as energy vibrating and music is energy. So it kind of cleanses your entire body and system. And, um, and so that's what I wanted to create for the Happy Not Perfect launch is for us to understand what does, how can we look after our mind in a new way? Because it doesn't, we, we've spoken a little bit about, a little bit about meditation here, but meditation for most people is insanely difficult. And actually your mental wellness practice doesn't need to be difficult. It could be listening something, lying down and just listening to a beautiful piece of music. And so that's kind of really what the event was about. It was about how do I A, bring all my friends to say a little thank you for putting up with me for the last two years, uh, but also to say, hey, how can we experience music differently? And, um, and Jody did this amazing meditation beforehand. So everybody was able to kind of sink in um, to further relaxation and then have this beautiful piece of music played. I'll do another one soon and then everyone can come. <laughs> yeah, do it on a mass scale. So yeah, it's it's just so interesting what you say about meditation and um, yeah, it's definitely something that I've picked up on so so many times is like this desire to meditate and yet the practice is often harder and so it puts people off because they just they just have immediately already decided it's not for me, I can't do it. And so the Happy Not Perfect app has so many meditations to guide you into a space of like zen and you know recharging or whatever it is and so I think it's important to say you know meditation is so powerful when it's guided like if you're a beginner when it's guided allow yourself to be guided through that process yeah then and I think the word I always associate with you is surrender yes I feel like that is Jodie's word and um and it is so true it's a word that we just don't use yeah so, um, do you surrender actually in your business? Do you ever like, do you ever do that? So actually, funnily enough, that is one of the lessons that I'm really trying to work on at the moment. I think that when you find, find a business and Happy Not Perfect was this, you know, this idea that came to me in the middle of the night. Um, it's very easy to... Sorry, can we just go back to what you said there? Because I think it's really important because this is amazing. It came to you in the middle of the night. Can you just yeah. expand on how it came in? Yeah, it was. I remember it was the 2nd of January 2015 and I woke up at 3am with these words, happy, not perfect. And I suppose this goes back to kind of how I, if you have an idea... I always think to myself, what's the next step that you can do on it? That's what I think. If, if anyone's struggling to, you know, they've got a project they really want to do, but they just can't get around to it, or they want to do anything, well, anything um, in life, always just think, what is the next step? Because I think sometimes we can freak ourselves out by the end goal, and that means that we never make the first step. So at 3 a.m., with these words, happy, not perfect, I thought to myself, I need to buy the domain name. And that was my next step. So at... 3.15, I was on godaddy.com and I just typed in, I thought, you know, I'm just going to see if it's free. And I couldn't believe in 2015, and considering that every web name has always been taken, and so you end up having to do XX, one, two, three, four, five or something, it, Happy Not Perfect was available and it was $10. Wow. 
Wow. And I suddenly thought, this it's not it's not like they're unusual words, they're pretty common words. So for so this is a sign that this was my journey to go create this. And then I didn't know what Happy Not Perfect was exactly gonna be. I just knew that it was gonna be a website or a platform of some some description. And um yeah, it was a really amazing process. And then um six months later I randomly and my life has been so serendipitous and the only reason I'm here is through totally and utterly utter random occurrences but then as they say coincidences are just coordinated instances so it was random but at the same time like kind of perfectly makes sense looking back now and I uh, was sitting down having a glass of water on this bench um, in LA and this man started sitting next to me and starts chatting to me and for some reason usually I think you shut down when strangers talk to you but I just was all right chatting away what do you do I've got a show on snapchat I said yeah but I'm actually working on this thing called happy not perfect and uh and he and before he left he goes don't make a website build an app and he just left and I remember sitting there going oh my god I need to build an app I'd never worked in tech before, hadn't even hardly downloaded an app myself before, had no idea about the process, just knew that this was the next formation of Happy Not Perfect. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. And then to your process, um, to your question earlier, um, one thing that I think founders can be slight victims to is micromanaging. Because it's your idea and you're so connected and passionate, it's, it's like a baby. I do think that when you set up a company, and I say this not having had kids, I'm sure every mother that's listening is like, honey, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> when you have children, it is so different. But my version of a child is this company that I wake up and I'm like, what does it need today? Does it need more food? Does it need to grow? Are we putting it into play school now? Oh, it's got a second mum. And like, you know, we've got, so it's, um, and, and so it's actually to, I think really my biggest lesson right now is, how do you release control? Uh, because, and surrender. And surrender. Mm. Yeah, that is my biggest lesson right now. Um, because it's very easy to not do that because you think you're, you know, like a, a controlling parent, you think you're doing the right thing, but really you're kind of maybe preventing it from growing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And what you, what you shared about sitting on the park bench and getting up in the middle of the night, you, you did start you, in, that, in those moments surrendering to the creative process by listening. Because it's so easy to just go, oh, happy not perfect, whatever, I'm just going to go back to bed, whatever, and go back to bed. But you actually got up and acted on that inspiration. Right. I mean, that's, and I think that's definitely, you know, we were very much encouraged when we were little. Uh, we would have these, like, we'd have family kind of like lunches or whatever. And if anybody had an idea everybody would always say, well, what are you going to do about it? So if you have an idea, always ask yourself, and what am I going to do about it? And if every single day you go, what am I going to do about it? It's amazing whether it's just as small as linking with a friend that also is kind of in that field or reading a book that's going to give you more information about that idea or buying the domain name or setting up the Instagram. It's, see, it sounds, sometimes they seem such small things, but really that's, it's the one, it's the first step, isn't it? Mm. And have you had any other ideas that have popped through in that way since? 
funnily enough, no. I feel that I'm happy not perfect hasn't isn't walking yet. So I feel that I and also it I, I do feel that it's really my soul it's my soul child and I'm not sure how many soul children you get given in one lifetime. So right now, um, you know, Pop and Suki was, you know, was similar. Definitely, Pop and Suki's definitely the sis, like a, an older sister who's kind of walking and, um, and talking. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, not, 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 not so much to be honest. It's more, I, I am very focused on what Happy Not Perfect needs and how we can improve the app to make it a better experience, to help people more. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's still in its very early stages. It's amazing the way that you describe it as a child and I absolutely get the concept um, and when I, I remember doing a session with my spiritual mentor on this and I was kind of like coming to him with this issue or dilemma that I was having at the time you know I was like I feel like I'm a bit of a control freak I'm constantly like you know looking at forecast sheets and I never used to want to even be involved in forecast sheets and now I'm really wanting to be involved because like I'm bringing all my money dramas into the light and really like you know unpacking what I need to unpack and I'm like, but maybe I should just let go, let go. And he was like, you know what, Jody? Normally I would say let go, but in this instance, your business is about, it's a, it's a fledgling t- early teenager mm. and she needs your support until mm. she's able to go off and do her own thing. And she's like, he's like, and the, you know, the She's Electric podcast, you know, that will um, take off in its own way, but right now it needs your support, it needs your input. So I think what you're saying is really, it's really, it's really interesting. And when we start thinking of our businesses in that way, you know, there's a time when we need to really support, nourish, and keep the energy flowing. And there, there is a time at some, in some place in the not too distant future where you are gonna completely let go and and, and let it do its thing. Right, and and also trust the people around you. I have the most amazing team, and I would say when people say to me, "What is the most important thing um, in business?" Your team. You cannot do anything alone. Like, happy, not perfect. Okay, great, I had the idea. But ideas are important, but really not the most important thing. It is it is building that tribe around you that are like, yeah, we're all on the same mission, we all care about this. And that's what I mean, you know, the, the, the idea then gets parented, hopefully, by all the team that works around you. And, um, and I'm really fortunate that I've got some just really, really, like, kick-ass people around um and even just you know the likes of having you know um you and your meditations um on the app and um you know some some of our other guides it is such uh we are like little we're like little ants we all have a little job but the nest would never be built or honeybees whatever you want to talk about however you want to uh you know um kind of metaphorically see it but they are businesses of our community, of small communities that does not survive without every single person in there. Mm. What is what's next for Happy Not Perfect? Like, is you know, what's the evolution that you're happy to share with us um, to to get us really excited about what's next? So I think that it is um, really looking at our happiness um, and as. A, as a daily commitment and in a 360 dimension so you know so where we are actually developing some really exciting supplements right now to help you for example with your gut health now I probably loads too way too much information but I just had a, a gut <laughs> <laughs> I just had a clonic 
<laughs> just had a little gut cleaning. Um, and it is absolutely phenomenal. If your gut bacteria is not balanced, it is so hard to feel happy and balanced. Serotonin um, is totally influenced by, by your gut behavior. So if you haven't got any probiotics, it's the first thing I would go and buy right now because I've had times when I've gone through a bit of those times when you feel a bit sad, low, and I've started taking probiotics and suddenly it's it's like the sun has arrived again. In your gut. Um, yeah, yeah, the sun has arrived in my gut. So I so we're very so we are developing these um I, one one product I'm very excited about and I've stolen all the samples again, much to my team's annoyance. Um and it's called the Sleep Well Bathe. And so we are looking at ashwanga and chaga and all these kind of um, medicinal mushrooms. Um, don't worry, not magic mushrooms, um, but um, just kind of herbs to be able to promote um, sleep because um, I find that um, if we aren't properly switching off, like sleep is so, so critical for, for I mean, it is the vital medicine, whatever you're going through, sleep is gonna help you and I just I'm focused on how do we help people nurture that side of their life how they can sleep better um, and how they can balance their body uh, to to help their mental well-being yeah absolutely I sleep is so 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 important and so many of us have topics with sleep as well you know like oh my gosh am I gonna have enough sleep if I don't have enough sleep am I gonna be able to operate in a certain way like you mm. know it's really interesting so that's that's so that's so interesting how you're trans how you're transitioning the app in that's in a very digital space and kind of bringing it into a more tangible and real space with like offline products yeah yeah because I because I I, I, I think in in our lives in our, in our, if we just take ourselves as um, um, as examples, nothing can be all digital and nothing can be all physical. Mm-hmm. We this idea that oh technology is terrible, just unplug. It's not. Let's be honest, it's not realistic, is it? Mm-hmm. Our lives are very connected, um, and so I'm just I just really want happy, not perfect to be something that it it is your friend. It is your friend, and whatever you need help with, it will be able to help you with that. Um, and so that was, and in order to fulfill that, we needed to make sure that it was, it could, you could have a mini chill the fuck out spray in your purse. You could have a little eye pillow, um, or, um, you know, or even have, um, you know, the happiness journal, but at the same time you have the app for your daily ritual, wherever you are. And that was really important to create a kind of a 360 mm-hmm. world. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really like that because I see you as such a, um, a prolific kind of healer and I'm saying healer in a very modern sense of the word, like someone who can give you amazing, amazing teachings and audio downloads and, and even videos through this app, but then also is kind of there with these supplementary products to help balance your physical body out. Mm. Mm. And isn't it incredible, our physical body, so I'll just uh, share some anecdotes, which I'm sure, again, it's too, way too much information, but... I probably um, have become so good at correcting my mindset. So I'm very good at positive thinking, I'm very good at reframing, something happens and you go, okay, great, this is happening for this reason, let's move on. And my body will be the thing that tells me like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, nuh-uh, you're tired, you're exhausted actually, you're not just tired, you're exhausted. And, um, And so, 
one thing that I've had to really listen to my body um, is is with my bloating. And actually, my I will bloat because I won't mentally. I'm feeling I'm I'm stressed, or I've, I'm or you know I haven't rested enough. My body will actually be the one that's telling me. So uh, I just think that our mind-body connection is so intuitive. It always has the answers, mm. but it's just noticing like what's you know what's what's happening. And it's funny because we talk a lot about you know mindfulness and slowing down and like releasing stress and happiness and. Exactly as you say, those kind of simple but um, quite negative patterns that we can pick up without even realising it, like eating really quickly, inhaling food. I inhale food. Mm. And if you have a large family, I feel that you're slightly more prone to this because I had two, I grew up with two brothers. So if you did not eat really quickly and make sure that you got seconds, yeah. <laughs> it would have gone. Totally. And so it's that big family really fast eating habits which I find hard to change that's something I'm really working on right now and also you'll know this already but it's worth reminding listeners is that there's just a direct correlation between when you get stressed and then affecting your gut straight away like your digestive that's where it goes right straight away it does and also when you're um you know feeling anxious which is a perceived future fear um, and if you go back to caveman times, when we were kind of feeling anxious and stressed, it was because there was danger there. So how our body reacts is create cortisol so to have more energy to then get away from the danger. So of course, if you're running away from a lion, why on earth would your body be digesting food? Absolutely. It's not going to be. It's going to say, no, we're going to get away from the lion. Whereas we're now walking around life our brains are operating as if there's a lion around the corner at any at any possible moment. So as a consequence, our digestion is almost just slowing down mm. because and and also cortisol was acidic, so that's very inflammatory on the body. And it is. It's your digestion is. I mean, for me anyway, it is the first thing that gets hit. There was actually a study um, done by Harvard in 1995 that found that. 95% of all illness is stimulated by stress. So it's there, everything is linked mm. to us being able to manage our, how we are, how we, well, everything's linked to how we are able to manage our stress. Mm. Yeah, so, so true. What excites you about being a woman right now? I think, such a good question, and to your points, massively agree with you. I, um, I've come up against really, really toxic men, uh, but I've also wouldn't have been able to be here without incredible men. And there is one particular investor of mine who just is a guardian angel to me, and he's nurtured and he's educated and he's supported, and I am so grateful to him. Um, so I feel that, um, but then, but also I've been insanely bullied by a man too. So I really see it from both perspectives. Uh, but having two ex extreme examples of both um, uh, makes me very much like on the on 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 the on the fence because obviously you know it's really we're really in the this. I feel less of a. I try and move away from this collective um, viewpoint of like just kind of whitewashing everyone with the same brush 
because really it's it's so on an individual basis but what do I find amazing about, about women well look I'm sure 15 years ago I would never have been given the capital or the opportunity to set up either of my ideas um, and I think we're in a time now where the conversation and for example VC money and look I I, I, I can't be totally uh, confident on the statistic but it's something like only two percent of all VC which is venture capital which is um, uh, if it, just to give you an example if you don't know what venture capital is um, if, uh, funds people will create a fund so they can invest in startups and ideas for them to grow to only two percent of that money goes to women and for if and I understand why because Let's say I was crazy into cycling and someone came to me with an idea to invent a new bike. It would be immediately in my interest. I'd say, oh, this is great because I might like to use that bike. So I invest. And so often I found that in the investment process, I have gone to speak to so many men about a company that's based on emotions. And I've had people turn around to me and say, why would, even, why would anybody even want this app? And I'm like, right, so, okay then. Never had trouble sleeping, never felt stress, never had a down point, no, okay, right, right, right okay. And, and, and so it's, it's been a challenge for me to actually go find investors that understand what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. um, to create kind of a new version of mindfulness. Um, and so, but, but what's amazing about the conversation now is that there are VC funds setting up to say, we are only gonna invest in women. And there are people that are actively trying to support women. So I think um, different industries are all very different. But what I do think is exciting about women is, is the amount of opportunities that are there for us. Yeah. And it's there for our taking. Um, and not in a man-hating way. Just in a way that like, great, if someone's going to bring you opportunity, take the cake and run. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of... Um, and I've seen a lot of shifts in the last four years from when I first started building companies to now it's very different people take you a lot more seriously um and um you know I honestly it's it's some of my meetings they would say oh what are the numbers don't worry I'll I'll do you do you do you have somebody out and they'll actually just assume that I don't know the numbers um so it's kind of the all I can say is the world is changing really quickly um some statistics would say it's not changing quick enough, but I definitely see seeing seismic shifts. It's a time for us to rise. Mm, yeah, absolutely, for sure. In whatever way feels good to you as a woman. It's on a very individual basis, as you're saying, like unique mm. basis, yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting me into this space. And uh, Poppy, I mean, to me, you epitomize what She's Electric is all about. You're electric in every way energetically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally there. So I'm really excited to, to, to watch your journey as you expand more and more and more into the world of well-being and happiness and even fashion, you know, bringing light to that, to that world is, is just gonna be so, so powerful. So thank you so much, my love. Oh, thank you so much, Jodie. I've loved our chat. Thank you so much for having me on. That was the absolutely gorgeous Poppy Jamie. I adore this lady. She's the absolute best. 
and I've loved working with her too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of She's Electric. Remember to share it with your friends, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you.